When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Reddit podcast. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Celtics Summer League is underway, giving us some form of Celtic basketball to consume now that Team USA Tatum is off the cards. Joining us to talk all about it from the newly locked down Newcastle, Australia, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Um, how are you settling into lockdown life up there, Jackson? I, I can't imagine it's particularly good. Uh. Nah, no, nah, it sucks. Um, yeah, it's not welcome. too. It's not too bad, really. I mean, I live so close to a supermarket, and I can work from home, so I'm completely unbothered. But it's just so annoying. Like, I'm sure people don't want to hear me like moan about COVID and stuff. But yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. It, it sucks. sucks. So yeah, I mean, we've been in lockdown here for seven weeks now. So um, I yeah. mean, I don't I don't wish that upon anybody. Um, so I'm sorry to hear that it's sort of it's crept its way up there. For anyone in the states listening, Newcastle where Jackson lives. It's about two hours north of Sydney, where I live. And um, Sydney's been in lockdown for ages. And, and unfortunately, this Delta variant has found its way um, yeah. up the coastline to, to Newcastle. and, and we never had a, we have, We've never had a case. We've never had one case the whole time until yeah, I know. Sunday or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Gladys, anyway. get your shit together. All right. Well, look, in the meantime, let's get into some very important summer league talk, some crucial summer league talk, really, that the Celtics, they take down the Atlanta Hawks 85 to 83, thanks to some late game heroics by a few guys, really. Uh, Let's just run down the list of players here, Jackson, starting with who do you think was the MVP of this game? Um, It's got to be Yam, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Only because he, he was so noticeable, like for a period of time. It's about the only thing that of memory that I'm taking away from this game. Um, just quick one for uh, for the Australians out there. How do we pronounce his name? Is it Yamadar? I think it's Yamadar. Yeah, Yamadar. Like, cool. I'm just going Yam. Like how there's like some people will say France and some people <laughs> yeah. will say France. I think it's like almost open to interpretation. I, I don't think there's a, there's a name in 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 any language that like you have to make more Australian noises saying than Yam Mater. Yam. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds yeah. like it sounds like you're cheering him also at the same time as saying his name like Yam yeah, Mater. It's it's oh, a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, I love it's it. Compatible. I mean, now that Tark yeah, now Tarko's not on the, on the team, we need someone with a silly name. So um yeah. he appears to also be a competent point guard as well. So I'll take him for sure. And yeah, I thought he was probably player of the match considering yeah, his um his introduction. Yeah, like probably the most exciting aspect of the game, like whether or not I think you know, some some people would uh, maybe say that Pritchard or uh, or even Romeo was the MVP, but you know the of fact course. that uh, the Celtics trailed ten zero 
Like, it was a brutal first couple of minutes there, and then Yam checks in. Uh, Yam and the dirt is gone. Oh, that, that's an Australian ad campaign. <laughs> I don't think people overseas will, will uh, oh my God, appreciate that. that. I, I really hope that catches on. <laughs> Someone <laughs> checks in. That. Yeah. He checks in and the Celtics go on a 17-2 run. And uh, a lot of that had to do with his defensive intensity. A lot of that had to do with um, being a competent passer and a competent initiator mm. of the offense. Um, you know, he's played professionally for a while. Um, so, like, I guess similarly to Peyton Pritchard in that, like, yeah, Peyton Pritchard's uh, only coming off his first year, but he did come out as a college senior. And they, they do kind of have this sort of... Um, air of professionalism about them whereas you know you look at the summer league and it's all about raw prospects and so to see yam coming with some experience um was very exciting and we've been waiting for so long and uh i I don't know was there a highlight or a particular moment there from from yam's stint here that sort of stood out to you jackson um like his very first play i think he inbounds the ball langford steals it and then he gets a layup although that was indicative that was just just set the tone for what he was yeah. about to do had a couple of good passes uh as well too that, that were um that was super nice but i mean dude, it, it, it's summer league i i <laughs> i would lo- I, w- I would love to tell you that it was like the most amazing <laughs> thing i've ever seen but um no like it just honestly it was just it was refreshing and like you're right about him being you know experienced and you know uh maybe somewhat of a veteran despite being like still relatively young so um you know that kind of experience will will help a lot um and yeah i'm excited to have him on the team but uh yeah I'll, I'll, to answer your question i'll say his first layup yeah no that's fair he had a lot of good sort of defensive moments as well I, he definitely seemed to struggle with the full court press that the celtics were employing for a lot of the game and like mm. credit to sharif cooper who was just like solid and strong and kind of looked more like the sort of person who should be coming into the NBA, at least physically. Um, mm. He blew by Yam like quite a few times. Um, but in a half-court setting, the the defensive, the on-ball, you know, defensive acumen from from Yam there was pretty solid. Got a few steals and, um, like, let's be, let's just, like, put it clearly. It just looked like he knew what the fuck he was doing, which uh, we can't say for, you know, all of these young Celtics. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, Peyton Pritchard, I think, is who I would... Um, put down as the MVP of this game for the Celtics. 23 points, five boards, five assists, two steals, and shot uh, 46% from three, seven to 15. Um, and some of them were like logo threes. Like he yeah. just, he looked a cut above everybody else. I think he was kind of the standout player uh, in this game. What, what was your take from, from Peyton Pritchard's performance, Jackson? Yeah, to be fair, I think you make a much more compelling argument that Peyton Pritchard was the MVP, MVP of this game. Like seven from fifteen, like summer league or not, that's like that's 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 hot. Um, yeah. And yeah, just the audacity that he has to like shoot from the places that he did shoot and, and that they were going in had a nasty move where he dropped that Sharif Cooper guy who was having a fantastic game uh, otherwise, mm. but um, yeah, embarrassed him and hit the three, which was super nice. Look, as far as like the implications go, as far as the this season coming up, like shit, if he can, I know he only averaged like less than eight points this season but like what if you can like get up to around about 13 14 that's starting to fill like the fournier gap and that would just be so convenient <laughs> and nice yeah. just to have some shooting so if this is like indicative of of the kind of like nights that he's going to have he's still going to go being consistent i'm sure of it but when he does get hot if he's going like this kind of hot hot like yeah I, i'm definitely on board for that so yeah it's a very promising start to the summer league too i think he looks a step above i think yeah, he's got a quite a nice tan there as well. He's obviously been, you yeah. know, making the most of his uh, off season and uh, shoulders in particular. I don't know if like you had the, the like the HD stream that I had, Jackson, but he had some like 
spots on his shoulders there. If I were him, I'd be getting those checked out, man. Like, go see a dermatologist yeah. or, or something. Because, like, I don't know. It was he didn't. It wasn't bringing those freckles into last season, and suddenly it was like, dude, like, bit of bit of sun cream on the on the shoulders, surely. Like, yeah, no, maybe that's and- maybe that's the secret to being a good shooter. You got to get the you got to get the sun like beam directly into your shoulders, and that. <laughs> Oh, dude, if that's the case, I'm out it there tomorrow with the foil like, and... Gives you, like, airbending, <laughs> firebending shit, so... I'll be, I'll be fine with that. But, yeah, no, he's uh, he obviously had a nice holiday and it Clearly, shows. Clearly, yeah, shows. and, like, yeah. it's obviously very warm and, and sunny in Vegas as well, so it's sort of continuing yeah. on there. Uh, Reddit user... I'm going to screw this name up badly. Uh, Bikey Bean Deleted 17X wrote, Peyton Pritchard is a fucking flamethrower, eight feet behind the line, just a silver of daylight. I'm going to think... I'm going to say that's a sliver of daylight... To get the shot up over the defender, doesn't matter. Dude is locked in from deep. Um, and summer lead head coach Joe Mazzulla said after the game that Peyton Pritchard did, quote, did a great job of controlling the game this afternoon. What we're looking for from him is just to continue to be himself and to make people around him better. Like You talked about what that sort of means for his role in the upcoming season. And, you know, with the roster as currently constructed, Jackson, like, he's going to get minutes. He's he's essentially the backup point guard. Um, yep. And so him being able to jack up threes on such high efficiency, I think, is really going to help him. Obviously, he's not um, like a physical presence. And so making Mm. defenders respect him in that sense uh, and opening up sort of passing and dribbling lanes for him, I think, is going to be really important. So um, do do you think they're going to play him through the rest of Summer League? Because he he does look a cut above everybody else. Like on top of everything else, he had zero turnovers today. Just Mm. he almost doesn't belong out there. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think the reps can't hurt. Like even you 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 do risk you know him you know rolling his ankle and like setting his like progress for the season back uh, significantly for the sake of you know yeah summer league where he's got nothing to prove. So I understand that argument, but no, I reckon give him reps, g- give him a chance to sort of I don't know orchestrate this team. Um, you know that's what he's going to be required to do when Smart sits uh, down because yeah you're right he is second in line as far as I can, I can tell now. So um, look the, the more game time reps he can get in, uh, I think probably the better. But eventually, I wouldn't be surprised if he yeah, he takes a seat because um yeah he's going to be an important player this season. Yeah, and just like selfishly from a fan standpoint, like mm. you know we've got no more Tatum to watch. At least give us Pritchard, right? Like <laughs> give us give us some guys that we like sort of are invested in to watch until we get to training camp and we get to the yeah. beginning of the season. Um, so we're sort of ranking performances here. We talked about Yam, we talked about Pritchard. Who comes in third place there for you, Jackson? Well, it's got to be Romeo because you said like, yeah, it's good to watch like someone who we can, you know, see a player of significance who's going to be on the team. Like, I think I think Romeo, it's, it's it's sort of a make or break season for him. I think if he t- takes a step up, then you know, everyone's very high on his potential. Anyway, I digress. I thought just probably the clutch three right at the end uh, was the um, was obviously probably the most memorable part of the game, other than <laughs> yeah, Mater, but um, yeah, Mater. Um, <laughs> but no, a cu- yeah, a couple of good um, steals as well too. I think he's a three from seven from uh, three, which is yeah. which is great. You know, if he can do that <laughs> for the most part, forty three percent. Yeah, precisely. If he can do that, like if if him, if all it's really going to take, like I don't know, this is a big if, but like it's one of Naismith, Langford. Pritchard, maybe someone else can just you know be a competent three point shooter and can contribute off the bench. Then that's going to be huge. So um, you know, Romeo showing a bit of it there as well as some defensive um, nice touches. Run out of words to say there, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'd have, I'd probably have Romeo in uh, in um, in third place. He was wearing number nine, which I thought was curious. Like he didn't want to wear his actual number. Do you think he's like gunning for the number nine jersey? I guess so. It's a it's available, right? Like. 
who who has nine currently? I know um, it was Wanamaker. Wanamaker. Actually, no, was it going to be Moses Brown? And then we traded. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, probably is vacant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's an ocean of numbers available for you know for Celtics players. So if you get a nice no. like single digit there, you gotta you gotta jump on that shit if it's available. So you gotta be happy with it. Yeah, you gotta be happy with like the middle age numbers, <laughs> like the, yeah. the, the nameless ones, forty seven. You know, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Um, Reddit user Kane the Weibo made a post after the the summer league game today, just titled Langford. Um, and they're going to say, has anyone else noticed that Langford has changed his jump shot over the summer? His release looks significantly faster and higher. Our shooting coaches have worked some magic. Um, I didn't think his shooting, his shot release looked particularly good at all. I think it was actually mm. even a little inconsistent. There were a couple of times where like his wrist was kind of like flapping in the air after the shot. Obviously it looked great on that game winning three that you, that you mentioned Jackson, but, um, mm. I don't know. Did you, did you notice like a change in his form at all? Nothing significant. I mean, I wasn't like p- playing that close attention. Maybe someone could definitely, you know, um, debunk that, prove that he has. But um, no, nah, like I've never been confident in a shot. If he's taking a corner three, fair enough. But like whenever he drives to the rim or takes like a mid range, if he ever takes a mid range, then yeah, it's just, I just have no confidence in it going in. Like what I'm high on is, is you know, his, his, his defense and, you know, his like potential for growth. So if he, if he is changing his shot, he is working on his shot. And that starts to, you know, if, they, if that's correlating with, you know, shooting 43%, from three then yeah power to him um but no i didn't see anything too significant there yeah i think that's interesting like what you say there and it kind of like it should set a definitive ceiling for for romeo langford in that like three and d so we wanted to hit his corner shots um i've got joe on the call here joe's just uh, signed in (laughs) welcome joe yeah what a johnny come lately eh? looking to just ride the coattails boys Yeah. <laughs> we've so far we've covered we've covered Yam uh, Madar, we've covered Romeo Langford, and we've covered Peyton Pritchard. Carson Edwards is all yours. <laughs> well, I feel okay. So, yeah, full disclosure, haven't seen the game, don't even know what happened. So I feel like I feel like you guys could do me a favor by just giving me some opinions to take home. I know I love Peyton Pritchard. I love me some. I love me some PP, some Pied Piper. Yeah, of course. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I guess just to recap on what we've covered so far. So, Peyton Pritchard was the MVP of this game. Yeah, Madar was probably the most exciting element of this game in that, like, he... he so, the Atlanta Hawks went on a 10-0 run to start the game. Then Yam came on and the Celtics went on a 17-2 run immediately and was completely spearheaded by, by Yam. So, mm-hmm. like, he's, he's clearly got some chops, I guess, is is what we've covered so far. But, um... <laughs> Timmy's Summer got the League legend. Yam Madar. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Hey, they're saying they're saying he could be the next Anthony Randolph, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. That's the ceiling. <laughs> the ceiling so, is the roof. Jackson, let's just rattle off the the rest of the sort of I guess the most notable players um, here for for Joe's sake, so we can get an insight into what happened today. So uh, we talked about Peyton Pritchard, we talked about Yamada, Romeo Langford was um, effective, but still leaving a lot to be desired. Uh, as far as at least what his impact would look like in an actual NBA game. Aaron Neesmith, Jackson, what were your thoughts on Aaron Neesmith today? Yeah, underwhelming. He didn't stand out. And like, I was looking for him to stand out and he still didn't stand out. So that's a little bit alarming. Um, I'd say probably Carson Edwards maybe was a step above. Um, You know, decent stat line if you look at it. I think he had like 17, 6 and 8 or something like that. But um, uh, he still didn't strike me as, you know, looking particularly 
you know, good. You know, again, it's it's summer league. You can look serviceable, but then you have to ask yourself, you know, like how is this going to translate? And I think the jury is probably well, not the jury, but I think it's I think it's foregone conclusion that Carson's can't cut it. But it didn't look bad, to be fair. Um, certainly better than Naismith, I thought. Anyway, what do you think? Well, a Reddit user Squook wrote, uh, might be an unpopular opinion, but Romeo's a much better basketball player than Aaron Neesmith, in my opinion. Neesmith's shot ain't looking good, which I, I mean, his shot didn't look good today. He shot poorly, so of mm. course it didn't look good. But I still believe in Neesmith. I think the Celtics just hired Bucks assistant coach Ben Sullivan, who is apparently a shot doctor. Neesmith, yeah, he obviously had... You know, that good stretch in college, we saw him knocking down shots towards the end of last season. Some have said that he might be using summer lead to figure a bunch of other shit out, but also, like, like figure out your shooting. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. what, that's what we're paying you to do, is, like, knock, knock down hope, shots. You'd want to hope you go into summer league thinking, I've got I, something sucks about my game. I'm just going to do everything in every time to, to make this work, you know, when appropriate. Um, yeah, like, at least do the thing that you're supposed to be good at. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Um, yeah, no, I've nothing to add. Sorry. I feel like Neesmith's future in the NBA is is that he has such a defined role. I'm way less concerned with whether he's like has a great summer league game or not because you know the best shooters can go out there and not hit shots. Um, yeah. so, but on the other hand, like Langford's future is probably as a secondary playmaker. And if he can't make plays in summer league, he might not be able to make plays. Um, so I'd probably be a bit more concerned of uh, with the poor report from Langford. Um, the niche, just just because of their, their NBA future roles, right? Like you know, yeah. like hmm. there's there's not sense. really probably that much of a future for um, Neesmith as a, like a high level role player if he's not an effective scorer. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas Neesmith's like a high level role player just by virtue of the threat of his shooting, you know. So as long as his shooting is real and, and translates, mm. yeah, I think he was like one for eight today, at least from three. So the the threat of his shooting certainly isn't there. Romeo Langford he had four assists in this game, and he had a he had a pretty bad first half, but he sort of came on stronger in the second half, and his defense is always solid and. You know, we started to hit threes in the second half as well. So it's sort of three and D, but like we need an element of, of playmaking from him as well, like you said, Joe. And there were flashes of that, but really I wouldn't put him in the list of standout players from today. That was really limited to, to Pritchard and, and Yamada, thankfully, who we were hoping was good. And it seems like, you know, basing it off one measly summer league game that he is like at least a competent basketball Danny player. Danny Ainge is a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to deliver preserve his name. <laughs> Danny Ainge was like sitting in his armchair, stroking his gerbil, just like, yes, as watching yeah. Amadar, just like actually be good. <laughs> um, Carson Edwards, who you mentioned, I'm going to go to, so Warlando Bloom, a Reddit user, made a like a sort of a summer league breakdown post after the game. And on Carson, they wrote, honestly, I'm done with him and was done before summer league. What I did see from Edwards was offensive touches. I liked seeing funneled through Langford and Madar. He was inefficient and doesn't bring anything outside of scoring. He did make a few good reads on fast breaks, but that's about it. Edwards is fighting for his life here and is going to be trying to score. If the saving grace for Edwards was proving he can handle point guard responsibilities, this isn't the place for it. Jackson, you know, you, you saw the game. What are, you, what are your thoughts on overall on the Carson Edwards performance? Uh, just, it just didn't leave me very enthused. Like I said, like stats were fine, but I mean... 
maybe it's a little bit of bias because like I've kind of given up on him as well too which, which sucks you know I'd love to see him turn it around I'd love to see him explode again but like you know let's face it even if he scored like 45 points today I think we would all just be thinking this is just Cleveland again you know what I mean um, yeah. <laughs> need to see it like when it actually matters and you know he's not really going to get a chance for it to matter too much so he's got to be like absolutely like lights out and then in like the limited minutes that he does get opportunities in he needs to you know sort of continue that so I, I, I don't know uh, it, it wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination but just didn't uh, didn't wow me at all really yeah, Joe. Like, I think you're in a position to at least comment on the the Carson situation because he's he's been part of the team for a while. It's like, what do you what do you need to see from Carson's in this summer league for him to sort of be kept around, or are you beyond that? Like, Orlando Bloom here, and you just want to see him shipped off for someone else, like Isaiah Thomas, who scored 81 points in a pro am game today. Yeah. Number four. Well, this is how easy podcasting is. I have not seen the game, and I feel completely qualified to offer <laughs> up an opinion here. You just come on and make it up, team. Just put your name in the hat. Ben will, ben will, ben will sub you in. Been doing it for years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately for Carson Edwards, he's a scorer who doesn't score, and he certainly doesn't even certainly doesn't score on, on an NBA level. It is. It's curtains for him. He's going to be out of the league. He just he just doesn't have it, and you can't be mad about it. Right, like, um, it wasn't. It, it's not like an unusual thing for guys who were scorers at a lower levels and to not have it translate. And he's just another one of those dudes. And we took a chance on him with a second round pick, and it didn't work out. And oh well. Um, yeah, I, I've like I totally agree with. Um, what was it, Warlando Bloom? Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. He he can't do anything right at this point, like Jackson said, that's going to convince you that he's about to turn the corner. And I do agree that's a little bit of a waste of of development resource having him there. But he's under contract, and that's the, that's the bugger of it, eh? So um, I would have probably preferred to have Moses Brown on the roster than than him, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, or even Yam at this point. He certainly, in you know. <laughs> One summer league game, but he exhibited qualities that we have never seen from from Carson. And like with Carson's situation, he, you know, at Purdue where he went to college, like if you're a volume shooter, you can sort of afford to be a little bit inefficient in that like over the course of an inefficient shooting game, if you're getting up enough shots, like 40% on enough shots is still a lot of points. But 40% on like five shots is no good like we need a guy in that role who can kind of come in and hit like two of three or three of five and like Carson Edwards is not not that person Yam maybe looked like he could be that person or at least the kind of person to set someone else up to have that impact on the game so I'm I'm very intrigued by the prospect of getting off the Carson Edwards contract which is not it's not like an albatross, right? Like, surely we can get rid of it. It's not a huge amount of salary. So, um, yeah, we got rid of so Abdul Nader and he became an NBA champion. So, you just got to sell it to him <laughs> yeah. that way. You know? <laughs> Move on. Come on, man. You can do Trade it. him to the Suns. Juhan Begarin, which is not how you pronounce his name, but it's the guy that we drafted 45. He's 18 or 19. He's. Do any of you guys know how to pronounce his name properly? Because I just completely messed that up. No, I mean, no idea. <laughs> that guy, Bogon. he's like, he's, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. Um, the French teenager, uh, the funky homo sapien on Reddit wrote, pretty hyped that they trusted Begaran to close the game and he proved he deserved it with that steal. I'll enlighten you, Joe. So there was a game-winning steal performed by this this rookie of ours that sort of sealed yeah. the game after the Romeo Langford go-ahead three. It was, it was pretty Come exciting. On. 
Gotta say, six a.m. An exciting finish. To be fair, yeah, it was an exciting finish to the game. Yeah, and like summer league or regular season or playoffs, like there's there's the afterglow of the of the Celtics win where you're like, damn, I feel good. It doesn't matter how it came about, um, but in this case, it was a game winning steal by um, by Bagaran here. Jackson, any any thoughts on this guy and this sort of glimpse that we had on him today? He looks huge. He looks yeah. really really big. Yeah, like he's a, he's technically a guard, but like he should definitely probably be a forward. Um, but yeah, again, not enough to really make too much of a, of an assessment, but, um, from what I did see of him was good. And yeah, like having a clutch play in your first game is definitely going to help your cause. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. We, looks like we whiffed on the last Frenchman we let go. So hopefully this one can be, you know, <laughs> hang on, <better>. we've <laughs> let a few Frenchmen go in our time, haven't we? we have, yeah, so yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. one are you talking about? Just to be clear, I was cause... actually referring to Gershon Yabuselli. I was hoping the... it could have been so. Fournier. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. I realized it meant Fournier as well too. <laughs> and, or let's not forget Vinny P. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, man. Gosh, uh, we're, we're pretty hostile Brad. to the French. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> ready is a president. Brad wrote Juhan Bagaran was our best big, and he's literally a guard. Which is more to say that the bigs that we had on the roster today were not good, and as a result, there was not a lot of like penetration in the offense because the picks weren't being set well. Like there was n- not much going on there from the bigs at all. There was not a lot of rebounding. I think Carson Edwards had like seven or eight rebounds in this game, which should tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this this uh, young Frenchman, he's not going to play on the Celtics this year. He's going to go back to to Paris or potentially some other professional league. And we've got his rights. And if he continues on this sort of trajectory, then we might see him in the squad uh, in another year or two. But it was nice to see him show out well in his first summer league game. Any other thoughts on summer league before we move on to some other news? The less said, the better from me about summer league. I think. Actually, I will say one thing. I was pretty sure for a long time we were playing the Houston Rockets. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" It tells you everything you need it's to know. Atlanta. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Here's some off-season news. So, a Woj bomb, if you want to call it that, an ESPN story on the fact that CJ McCollum was elected the NBPA's new president, and Boston's Grant Williams was elected as the vice president of the MBPA. This is off-season news, right? We might glean over this in the middle of the regular season when we've got a little bit more to talk about, but it is Grant Williams. He is a Boston Celtic. Joe, <laughs> any thoughts on this? Like, <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> Should we be proud? Well, I was I was sort of thinking, like, I love Grant Williams. I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, but I was kind of thinking, oh, Oh, you probably like want to make sure you've got your second contract in the league before maybe. Yeah, like you're a player before <laughs> yeah. you. Like, does not it just? Yeah, like you, Grant Williams. I love him, but he's not a particularly high stature guy in the league, right? Like, no guarantees he's getting a second contract, really. Um, and uh, and he's the players rep. Like, it seems seems a bit incongruous, but I guess it just goes to show you. To be honest, how little competition there is for these positions. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, what do you think, Jackson? 
maybe maybe winning or winning maybe being elected to like the the players board or whatever it is maybe it comes like a stipulation that you have to get like a one-year contract at like the minimum somewhere like the nba just picks it up and you just get like shoe on yeah. to some team so it could be it could be like yeah and imagine brad's on the on the table it's like okay all right all right washington i've got i've got grant williams for you he's he's the he's the, he's the vice president of the players association yeah. <laughs> two, two picks please um yeah, I'm proud of him, sure. He obviously really wants to do it and it obviously suits him and I think he can tell he's an intelligent dude. So he's probably probably fits it really well too. But um, yeah, it is a bit peculiar because you're right, he he's, may not have a contract <laughs> real soon and he won't be a player anymore. I, that would probably compromise his his credentials to be a, <laughs> in the Players Association. Like you said, like maybe they guarantee him like a vet minimum on the Orlando Magic or something like that. You know, guarantee mm. you at least one more year. It's- it's definitely Minnesota. Minnesota. It's definitely yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reddit user Senior Stone seventy one wrote, "We make fun of Grant a lot here because he's not a great NBA player, but he is smart, well educated, and highly articulate. He seems really nice and personable as well. I can see why he got this position, and I'm certain he'll do well with the role. I don't know. Is there anything else to say on this? It is Celtics news. It is. It is a talking point." <laughs> How much more talking we do on the matter is really up to you guys because I've got nothing else. No, I'm happy for him. I'll leave it. At move that. on. Move on. All right, let's move on. Let's, let's yeah, end on this. Move on. Let's end on this. So Saturday night, Aussie time. We had a great, great <laughs> night of Olympic basketball. First of all, in the afternoon there, at this point, we're over the disappointment of the Boomers lost to Team USA in the semifinal, and we get to watch Tatum have a pretty good game. Integral, you might say, as the US defeat France for the gold medal and then my god 9 p.m australia time i guess 11 p.m there for you joe australia versus the luca led slovenians fever patty 42 points bronze medal for the boomers the first medal for australian men's basketball i sorry joe i have to throw to the other australian on the podcast nah, first jackson just talk me through the just the experience for you it was it was so good because it really wasn't that tight or of a game and like i love me a tight like like arm wrestle that you end up winning nothing better but like eventually you could just feel like it was fate after a little while when patty mills just after the second quarter you know like 19 in the second quarter and he was just absolutely killing it and i was like there's no way patty mills is letting us lose this game and i just trusted him completely so the experience was like you know you just you just got happier and happier and happier as it went on because you just knew it was you just knew it was coming um and yeah it was the the australian media really embraced it you know you had andrew gaze on tv just crying his eyes out and that was wonderful um you know it, it was just it was just fantastic to see and um you know i always used to think there was so much novelty to like the smaller nations at the olympics like you know like you know uh, madagascar or something winning a medal and like they're like crying crying it's like the first ever nation and it's a bronze medal you know i understood it now because we wanted a medal for so long and it was so important so cool to see that happen so yeah i'd celebrate it like it was a gold nevertheless well it goes to show that not all medals are created equal eh? You know, um, yeah, this was the goldest we, bronze of all time. Oh, yeah, well, totally. I mean, <laughs> look, <laughs> the thing is with basketball, oh, I, I hate that there's three on three in there, to be honest. But like mm. before then, you could say, you know, like there's only there's only one medal you can get, right? And it's normally sewn up by the states. So there's really everyone else is playing for two medals, um, you know, as opposed to like we had a we had this awesome um, kayaker that won won uh, three gold medals for New Zealand. Um, it's not the same. Like, 
I would trade if I was in New Zealand. I would in a heartbeat trade those three golds for like a bronze medal in the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a way more significant accomplishment. Unfortunately, like I'm not trying to denigrate, but they're not equivalent accomplishments. Mm. And um, and it's just a it's a it's like it's a fabulous accomplishment for Australia. It, it, it really is. It's so hard just to get to the Olympics, eh? It's like mm. you know, um, yep. There's only 12, 12 countries that make it, and um, and I loved seeing. I was, I was saying to Jackson earlier, you might get it when you go through the <laughs> through through the little parenthetical chat we had. But um, like I heard about this guy's speech, and so like I was like trawling Reddit trying to find it. Unfortunately, I found a non-geo locked um, video of it. And and <laughs> the thing that hit home for me was guys guys talked about like how we. Um, he felt like selfishly like he was part of it, you know? And and for me, I, like it was something I related to. Like we had a – New Zealand is like a national high school basketball tournament and, okay, who cares about who the top 25 basketball teams are in New Zealand, right? But if you're a little country town, it's really hard to get to that. And we had one team that made it when I was two years younger than me, like two years after I left school, and 100% I felt part of it. Like mm-hmm. I was there in those early morning trainings with all those guys. I was – I train with them in the summer, and and um, there's just an immense amount of pride that comes with it. And um, you guys should feel really proud of your team. I love how the Boomers play. Love how they play, um, and I love what seems to be their team environment. I think it's everything that is good about international sports and basketball is kind of manifest in, in the boomers um so um good on yours and uh, like honestly like i hope you guys are very very successful <laughs> and definitely so thank you yeah likewise yeah. <laughs> yeah well likewise i hope that we i hope that we see some new zealand olympic games in you know in the basketball obviously uh in the near future because you know i've, I've watched the new zealand national basketball team before and you know I, I feel like there's like some there could be some slovenian vibes like you just need that one sort of out of nowhere great guy, new man. zealand player and suddenly you're you know you're at that level obviously it's hard to produce a luca like player no matter where you're from in the world but like new zealand just, have talented basketball players they they do have a culture um but they maybe just don't have you know unfortunately the sort of the population um to a pool of which to, to draft players from but there is there is a lot to be said for the New Zealand basketball program as well. So who knows? You, you know, gotta, uh, yeah, you gotta like get I, yourself a sorry. You gotta get yourself a Matisse Thibel. Just find some guy who lived there for like <laughs> oh four my God, years, Matisse Thibel. and just be like, "Hey, dude, come play for us." Be like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, 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 that goes to show, like, oh, the, because your because your Aussie league's been pretty good for I don't know forty years means you've got this legacy of international pros coming and and settling, and obviously their kids form like really. The, a significant core of your team mm. will never have the same same league, um, but you know um, maybe a breakers player will stay behind in New Zealand and and settle down and have kids and yeah I don't know like I still for, for, for the international listeners they New Zealand versus Australian basketball games are still really really good even though Australia's a lot better than us they're still really fun really fun to watch yeah absolutely. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just really feel sorry. I I really feel sorry for, for American listeners particularly that they don't get to experience like the feeling of being an underdog in a basketball game and the feeling of like true rivalry mm-hmm. with another country. It's 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 
thrilling. It's so fun. And, you know, in, New Ze- in our case in New Zealand, we've been better than you guys, like really once in our history where you guys were kind of at a real low ebb and we were at the, we had the best generation of players we ever had. Um, but you hold on to those memories and you think you can do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one day we will, we'll, you know, and, and sometime in the next 20 years, we will probably have a team that, I'm sure of that it. nips you in the bud, you know, but it's not going to happen that often. Um, you mentioned Matisse Thibel. He uh, is such a likable guy. I, I feel oh. like, was it, was it, mm. um, was it, sorry, I'm, it's late, but. Was it Thibault that we could have had instead of Carson Edwards? Is that yes. what I'm yeah. thinking of? Oh, that. Yeah, we drafted him. We, dro- we took him. We got him. <sighs> Absolute drop of the ball there. Yeah. Just like a solid dude. And, you know, I, I guess I'm talking mostly through the lens of his his like vlog that he does on YouTube. And obviously, mm. he's sort of editing that and he has the ability to make himself, you know, be presented in a certain way. But he just seems like a pretty like solid down-to-earth dude. And, um, you know, the fact that he clicks well with that pre-existing boomers culture, I think probably says a lot about his character. That like he yeah. was so easily and seamlessly incorporated into the team. Uh, and not only that, but had a crucial role in the team. And, you know, in that bronze medal game, he started, he was assigned to Luca from, you know, from the tip to the final whistle. Um, and then had some incredible highlights, including a near free throw line dunk um, and like a, a like a standing dunk as well, where he just kind of like almost like pogo sticked off the ground. Like he was really, really incredible player. And I'm so glad that he has these Aussie ties because we really needed him. Very exciting. Yeah, he's just he's just awesome, isn't he? Yeah, he's like it would <laughs> not not a great throw been... over to you guys. I apologize. No, no, you you summed it up quite nicely. I was going to say it just would have it would just been in the, the the trifecta of us swindling the sixes. You know, as far as I'm concerned, oh. Tatum the Tatum faults thing is one. Us giving us them taking Al Horford off our off our, off us and paying him that much money was probably part two, and part three would have been Thibault, but it didn't work out that way. Like I never would have had anything to do with sixes if we just kept him anyway. But actually, no, I think like Danny traded for sorry picked him because he found out the Sixers wanted him and then just traded him back for extra picks but it was probably worth that anyway so yeah sucks but he's yeah glad he's an Australian Aussie Matty what I was going to say was there's this uh, (laughs) I'm just going to remind you again New Zealand currently has a world champion test cricket team uh, which is very (laughs) unlikely because it's not even our number one not even our number one sport and um, there's been quite a lot of articles written about it. And, and like a turning point was New Zealand realizing that they need to play like New Zealanders. Like we have a certain national character and um, we're kind of at our best when we kind of lean into what we are. And I was, Tybal um, seems to me to be like, you know, he seems to me to be emblematic of like what's good about Australia, and um, and you know the he seems to really fit in with the Australian national character in a way that like I hope it changes. Like I really do. I'm not trying to put the burden, but Ben Simmons doesn't, and I, I hope that changes for him. I hope he really gets a chance to experience that because it. I think I think it'll, you know, if it was me, man, that would be one of my most cherished memories yeah. as, as an athlete it was the perfect opportunity to pass the torch too because basically Paddy and Paddy Mills you know he might come back but he's not going to be the same Paddy Mills I mean you, maybe he would be but this would have been the opportunity for Simmons to come in the first Olympics be a part of winning culture he takes it forward from there he missed such an opportunity not being a part of this it sucks 
Yeah, well, Paddy Mills is going to get a pretty easy run, at least in the next year or two, coming <laughs> off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets there. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. the next Olympics are only three years away, um, pending true, any fair, further yeah. pandemics. So, you know, he'll be back. Joe Ingles will be back. Um, the Bain situation is concerning. I don't know what's going on there other than... Mm. You know, apparently he tripped over his massive dong in the shower and hurt his neck, um, <laughs> I believe is the diagnosis. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> all the best to veins. I hope he recovers. But uh, it's a concerning yeah. concerning outcome. Um, blessing and a curse. Any, anything, I mean, we've, we've this is a Celtics podcast. We brought up the Olympics and then talked exclusively about Australia because we're from that part of the world. But on the Tatum side of things and his impact, particularly, um, you know, in the gold medal game, uh, he was kind of like the bench Durant, I think a lot of people have described him as. Um, is there anything that you sort of take away from Tatum's performance that you then want to funnel into your expectations for this upcoming Celtics season? My lazy take is he looked like the second best player on that team behind Kevin Durant. And if you look at the guys he's up against, that's that's where we want him to be, I think. That's like best case scenario. So, you know, on, on that level, yeah. Then I, I think it's probably, without getting too, we're going to get into like proper preview season like soon i'm sure but like i think this is set up for tatum to, to have an mvp tilt because we're not going to be very good we're expected not to be very good and if we are it's mm. going to be because of him and that that's a story that's mm. you know first day it, it could be set up for him but he's got to deliver i think this experience will help him a little bit he's got a taste for winning now he also knows what it's now like to, to be a part of a, a like a, a super team with the likes of Kevin Durant, so hopefully that doesn't, you know, make him anxious. I'm <laughs> not anxious, make him want to seek that elsewhere. But um, yeah, no, it was good to see. I was going for. I never go for the United States in anything. Sorry, guys, but I did for this game <laughs> purely because of Tatum. I was stoked, of even when Durant was scoring. I was like, fucking come on. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, like I'm always hoping that the states gets upset <laughs> nah. because. Until they are, until the final buzzer sounds and they are out, they are the favourite. They are the favourite when they're down 10 with five minutes left, mate. They're still the favourite, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, well, it might, maybe it'll be a test case. Um, I'm not convinced that there's a whole lot of carryover, particularly for American players, into into the NBA. Um, it is such a different game too. Um, but, you know... Look, it's never going to be a bad thing to for, to be part of something that's just a little bit bigger than than you, you know. And um, so, good on them for going. Lots of guys didn't, and um, yeah, I, I hope I hope that um, I hope that he from it, you know, got a sense of what it's, you know, the value of playing a smaller role, and um, and uh, yeah, I hope that that translates to. Um, that translates to, to some some good leadership of the team this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. The idea of um, learning how to be a cog in a machine uh, when he's kind of had that sort of marquee player role, I guess, for the last season and a half with the Celtics. It could be sort of good from a character standpoint for uh, for Tatum. And also just the, the photos, the content, you know, like media Tatum is very media trained and he doesn't offer a lot and we don't get a lot from him other than maybe some emotional outbursts on the court just to see a photo of like several photos of Tatum like sculling champagne was just good content like I saved those photos on my phone don't ask me why (laughs) I don't know what I'm gonna use them for and then uh, clearly he like flew directly to Vegas probably for some like to be around the summer league 
sort of iteration of the Celtics, but there's those photos of him like partying with Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown like biting the medal at some club in Vegas. Like that's just cool. It's just good. You know, it's the off season, so we'll, we'll grab at any content we can get. But um, you know, Tatum and the USA winning the gold produced in that sense. So um, maybe Definitely I'll send those to- photos to you guys in like six months' time, and that's that's what the use. <laughs> Will be, but uh, it's just nice. It's just nice yeah. to see. De- definitely went to Vegas for the summer league. Sure, no other reason. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just wants to support the boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I think that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for tuning in. There's plenty more summer league. Uh, I think the Celtics are playing every second day between now and the end of the summer league. So we'll be back later in the week with more of the same. Jackson, Joe, love your work, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. Beauty. Till next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.